Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Event Industry News podcast. Delighted to say that joining the podcast today, we welcome for the first time uh, Judith Wilson, Event Director for Eventit, which is the Scottish Events and Festivals Expo, um, taking place in March up at the SECC. Uh, Judith, thank you very much for joining the podcast today. Thank you very much for having us. Uh, great to, to have you on board to tell us a little bit about this event, or hopefully not just a little, quite a bit about what's going to be happening in March. Um, first of all, I'm right in saying that this will be the second year event it has taken place. Um, let's go back in time just briefly and talk about how the event was first conceived, what first prompted it, and how year one went for you. Well, um, until last year, there wasn't actually this opportunity for uh, the supply chain for the events and festivals industry in Scotland to showcase themselves to um, the event and festival buyers. Um, so we decided to fill that gap, and um, it was hugely successful. As you can probably understand, quite a lot of people were looking in to see how uh, we performed, um, but it obviously hit uh, all the right markers and um, it has certainly now really sort of taken off to, for a year two. Um, last year we had in the region of uh, just over a thousand uh, people registered for the event, uh, the majority of which were event directors and event managers uh, across the whole of Scotland. And um, they, we had in that uh, last year we had two sort of major learning sessions and um, that's an area that has doubled there was such a huge interest in in that side of the the event I think possibly because there isn't that opportunity um, so much in Scotland for event professionals to be able to to get some training outside their their job um, and when you launched it, was, was there very much a, a, an opportunity seen to introduce new suppliers to Scottish events but also introduce, introduce new event organisers into hosting and perhaps exploring the opportunities of running events in Scotland? Was there a particular type of market that you were going after? I think from the supply side, if I'm honest, last year the, the majority of the suppliers were Scottish. That is something that has certainly changed. We did have um, some other UK suppliers. It was predominantly within the event technology side that uh, we had uh, exhibitors from outside Scotland. Mm -hmm. And um, that was something that was of real interest because we don't really have any homegrown event technology in Scotland, <laughs> sadly. Right. So that was something that, you know, certainly um, people were really interested to find out more about. And of course, you know, event technology, despite being a broad term, many people will identify with the fact that there are so many new, you know, opportunities out there when it comes to utilising technology. As you, as you rightly point out, you know, there are a lot of global companies who are, are promoting their wares at these sorts of events, you know, across the globe. That's right, and I think a lot of people... So something like event technology, I think they're really keen to get that uh, opportunity to speak to someone. While you can see quite a lot of it, obviously, online, I think there's a, there's a real desire to be able to sort of touch and feel it. 
and mm. uh, see and speak to someone and, and perhaps you know any fears you might have of technology uh, to be able to, to, to do that on a one-to-one -one basis. That said, the same is true for any product or service, isn't it? You know, the, the people talk about um, you know technology reducing the need for face-to-face -face contact, but when it comes to hosting an event of this nature, there is still very much that need, regardless of what it is you're selling, to actually be able to meet people and answer their questions there and then. I think that's right, and I think you know I've been in the events industry for a very long time, running events, and I, one of the key things is to to really trust and have a, a great relationship with your, your suppliers and th there is that you, you go into to managing an event with some very key people whether that's your AV, your, your venue, the, the caterers, whoever it might be and you, you're really there as a team and again that's something that you build on those relationships through face-to-face through -face meetings mm -hmm. and I think that's where certainly exhibitions are, are key. Prior to um, launching this particular event last year, um, what was your own personal um, experience working with the event industry and what was the, organi the organizing body's experience um, prior to this particular event? Uh, I've been in the events industry for well over 25 years and uh, running events of all sort of shapes and sizes and um, my business partner much the same uh, he's been running conferences and uh, across across the UK and also we run a magazine as well that we launched for the events and festivals industry in Scotland and so that's very much where our background and the team that we have on board again have had uh, quite considerable experience within the within the industry um, in your in that experience has there been a conscious effort to create something with Eventit that's not a conference that's not an exhibition that's not a series of seminars that is something that encompasses encompasses all of those different elements because so many now are, are, are graying the areas between what used to be a conference and what used to be an exhibition yeah, I think one of the things that we're really trying to push is uh, very much having uh, that sort of wow factor, given that it is the events industry, and we are very much encouraging all our exhibitors to, I hate that phrase, but sort of to think outside the box and to, to do something that's a little different, that is creative. Uh, we're very aware that by, by putting that um, in front of people, we have to create a, an exciting space ourselves. So we're wait, working with a number of theming companies, uh, eventologists and Blue Parrot, all event hire, and to create a really exciting space within the uh, venue. And again, then with the uh, other area of the networking, which I think is also key, uh, that even the suppliers, it's not just the, the buyers networking with suppliers. Because it, the suppliers being able to network with each other is very key because we do a lot of work together and certainly I know last year there was quite a lot of business done between suppliers not just okay. between the buyers and suppliers and then this year I know a lot of people uh, already do it but this year we have also introduced some event awards which we will be presenting in the evening of the event but just in an informal networking uh, event just as a couple of hours of, of networking in a casual environment. Um, one of the one of the things that I'm looking at on the um, on the website for the for the event 
is a quote um, that says from somebody who attended last year that sent, says the event was superbly well orchestrated. And I'm curious as to why they've selected the word orchestrated because that to me doesn't just suggest a well organized event that looks nice and then you open the doors, let everybody in and then close the doors at the end. Orchestrated suggests that there's a lot of planning that also goes into how you're going to deliver certain aspects of it whilst the show is open. Um, could you perhaps tell us a little bit more about that and the type of content that people are going to see then moving ahead to this year? I think so, yes. What we, we wanted to bring in everything. So uh, among, as well as all the, the normal sort of exhibitors, we also introduced quite a lot of entertainment. So there was entertainment taking place uh, because they're also exceptionally key to, to the uh, supply chain. And while we were conscious that they can't be very noisy bands and things going on uh, around about the exhibitors, we did them in sort of certain areas. And from the moment people walked into the exhibition, they were very well aware it would be something for the events industry. And I think then with the uh, sessions that we we're working very closely on the, the sort of learning aspect. We're working with the, the key agents within Scotland. So the Event Scotland, Visit Scotland, and the marketing bureaus are very much involved in the, the content side. We have an area for festivals and outdoor events, which Event Scotland and the NOAA are involved in, so that we're running things that are very specific to, to that sector. And then looking at a lot of the stuff with the, for instance, connectivity, uh, that Scotland now, the, the connections into Scotland from a planes, trains and automobiles side is, is very uh, key to, to how we're building the, the business up here. And, and also just looking at other areas that are, are key. The industry up here is, is worth about three and a half billion pounds. Right. So it is very key for Scotland, and they're very keen right the way across uh, the public and private sector to drive as much business as possible into Scotland because we, we're so well catered for, both from a, a landscape point of view. We've got some beautiful parts, so even if it's, it's outdoor, outdoor events, uh, the sporting events, the business events, any any incentive uh, side that might be going on. Um, we've got fabulous, as you know, fabulous castles. I know other people do. But um, it's been, you know, th there's a lot of things like that that uh, we're, we're very keen to shout about and to showcase to people. Um, one of the aspects I was keen to ask you about is um, you, you talked on infrastructure, road, rail, um, and, and, and uh, airports um, into Scotland now. and. The accessibility, I suppose, is, is certainly not bad by any stretch. But it's good into what you may call the major cities, Glasgow and Edinburgh. Um, is there any element of the show that will help organisers identify venues that are beyond those two major cities that a lot of people will quickly reference? Um, I know a lot of people, once they get beyond Glasgow and Edinburgh, either don't have an understanding of what else there is available from a, a, you know, a geography point of view or think that beyond there it's just too difficult to access by road or rail or air. Absolutely, yes, that's something that is very key. We have um, Visit Invernessia and Visit Aberdeenshire, they're all getting involved in the, the event. Uh, we will have uh, exhibitors from the Central Belt area from Perthshire, from St Andrews area. So there will be a lot of people, and down in the borders, 
things like Duns Castle. So there'll be a lot of representation from across the country. And again, looking at the, as you say, the connection side. For instance, uh, Abilio are now, they've, they've launched a new uh, uh, kind of set within the, within the transport side. So they're not just dealing with rail. So they're dealing with buses and things like that. So that they are doing the whole spectrum of getting conference delegates right to the door of the show. So these are things that people are very keen to, to showcase, whether it's, it's that side, whether it's the, the airports, uh, which is, as you say, there is a lot more connections now into Scotland. And to be honest, for, for some people, depending on where you might live outside London, uh, it's often quicker to get to a conference in say Glasgow or Edinburgh or indeed Inverness because there's now direct routings up to Inverness because once you get to those cities you're generally only about 20 minutes from your venue. Yeah, you're not, you've not got a, a, a 90 minute commute from the airport or the rail station to wherever you may be going. That's right, yeah. Um, I, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit of a sensitive subject perhaps but um, is there going to be any representation at the event um, from a local authority and a, and, a, and a licensing point of view so that organisers and people visiting can get an understanding of any differences or what they may need to do in order to entertain and stage an event in Scotland and I, and I ask that simply because that there have been a high profile festival cancelled this year in the park um, and mm -hmm. they cited reasons to do with that the new location that they had to move the show to and issues with not so much the licensing but with some of the safety aspects and, and, the, and the, the red tape that they were having to go through. Um, is there any element of that that's catered for within your show so people can ask those questions? Yes, we're actually, as um, the area that we're doing on the, the learning side for the outdoor events and festivals, uh, we have a number of sessions that relate to the SAG process, the safety advisory groups, the area of looking at sort of road closures and things like that, the looking at, um, as you say, different licenses. Events Scotland are very much getting involved in a lot of those panel discussions. We've got uh, representation from the police as well, so that people can ask these questions. Because as you say, it's, it's hugely important. And some of the, the licenses are different up in Scotland than certain things are easier to do up in Scotland, and some things are you know, harder or perhaps more costly. And these are open discussions that we, we're very keen to facilitate at the show. Um, for, for people who may be considering uh, visiting the show, uh, could you give us an overview of what type of exhibitors we're going to see, the types of companies or the types of services that will be on offer? Yes, we've got everything from the major conference venues such as the SECC, the EICC and the AECC uh, through mm -hmm. the big hotel groups you know, the Hilton, Sheraton, things like that, uh, through to smaller um, exclusive use properties such as Dunn's Castle. We've then got a number of um, event technology companies who have come in, such as eTouches, Cvent, Ventbrite. Um, we have um, a lot of caterers coming on board. We've got theming companies. Um, we have some of the outdoor festivals, uh, people who are perhaps do outdoor um, food stations and caravans and things like that. Um, oh, yeah. 
yes, we've got uh, Simplify, who do obviously their Wi-Fi, the, yeah. uh, and um, so yes, across the whole the whole sort of supply chain, really. So really, it's it's not focused. It is very much encompassing the industry as a whole, rather than what, focusing on one niche element of it. Somebody could come to the event and shop under one roof for anything that they may need, even if they were uh, thinking about putting on an event. Absolutely, yes. As uh, as you say, it's you know you could come up, you could find your venue, your caterer, your AV supplier, your theming company, ticketing. The the whole the whole thing should be all under one roof. And on the subject of, of education uh, and the, the, the conference or the seminar program that's running there, um, any uh, highlights so far of, of uh, key keynote sessions or anything that people could be on the lookout for if they're going to attend? Yes, we've got um, on the likes of Kevin Jackson and Ali Turner from ILEA, we've got a session from ABCO, session from Site UK, we have um, Richard Wallington from the Events Marketing Association. We have uh, James Hippie who heads up the um, parliamentary uh, uh, all party group for uh, the events industry. And um, we have a number of, of um, people within the, the local area sort of looking through sort of stakeholder engagement um, from the EICC, from Visit Scotland, uh, from Event Scotland. And um, as I say, we've got a whole series on the, the outdoor events and festivals. And then on the event technology, uh, we have the likes of Cvent, we have Eventbrite, we have um, James Morgan, who's coming up uh, from Event Tech Lab, and also Adam Parry will be um, hosting right. a panel session. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and. In terms of the scale of the show this year, has it grown significantly from last year in terms of its actual size within the venue and what are the plans going forward then to grow or do you wish to just consolidate in terms of size but increase the offering to people? Um, it has certainly grown quite considerably from last year. We'll probably be almost close to double the number of exhibitors um, from last year. and. We are looking, as I say, we had over a thousand people registered last year for the event. And these are people that we do actually, although it's free to register, we do check through the registrations and the likes of students and things, although we allow them to come in, we just give them a badge that says student, so it's non-scannable. <laughs> so people don't spend a long time speaking to them when they perhaps don't um, have any cash to, to uh, part with. and. Um, and then on the learning side, we're actually doubling the amount of sessions that will take place uh, this year for, from last year. Last year, they were pretty much oversubscribed from the moment they went up online. We had a waiting list for, for all of them. So that's why we have increased the, the number. And we expect probably between two and two and a half thousand uh, visitors this year for, for many reasons. One, because we are moving to Glasgow and there's a greater pool of, of people there. Uh, secondly, because we are much well better known as a show and our partners are spreading the word. And then the third main area is that uh, our partners, including Visit Scotland and the marketing bureaus, are dovetailing in their host, some hosted buyers. So they've got ah, some right. key buyers coming in from France, Germany, and across the UK. 
by comparison, what does the SECC as a venue offer you? Um, it's a very different, uh, it is much more uh, an exhibition space. The, the EICC is, although it has obviously serious exhibition space, it is more of a, of a conference venue. So um, it is more of a blank canvas in the SECC and we've got more opportunity for, um, you know, sort of possibly building it, you know, space-wise, if the show keeps developing at the speed it is at the moment, then we may be moving to, to a different space uh, if, if um, we, we keep building at this rate. When it comes to the, the floor layout, do you want it to look like an exhibition as people would expect an exhibition to be with, with shell scheme and with trade stands? or? because of, of the audience and the industry that it's focusing on, are you trying to create something that is a little bit different to a, you know, walking into an NEC or to an Excel arena and seeing just traditional trade stands? Yeah, we'd like to make it look very different. We have, that's why we've very much partnered with the likes of eventologists who are bringing up their lovely trees. We've got a festival bar we're working with. Uh, we've got Wowgrass coming on board. We've got um, the Blue Parrot, who are going to create a, a New York diner for us. We have Evolution Dome there. And um, just generally, we are looking to make it look really quite different. And we're encouraging people as much as possible to take space only, rather than the traditional shell. <laughs> but I know a lot of people, they, they, they like that safety net of the, the shell scheme. But moving forward, we'd love everyone to just do space only. Absolutely, and it loops back round to what you were saying quite quite early on um, about it being a, an event for the events industry. So there is almost that expectation that things are going to be a bit different, that may have that extra wow factor, and that they're going to see the creativity and inspiration that they're they're ultimately coming to the show to see. I think that's right, and I think that's you know when when people uh, we were we were quite strict. I know we won't actually stop people coming in on just with an iPad and a pop up, but we do really try and sort of say you know think of something a little bit different because that is how people are inspired if they see something at a show and just kind of go whoa I, I really like that you know and then they ask how much it is uh, rather than you know if they're perhaps looking at it on an iPad they kind of go that looks expensive. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. How much of this year's show was designed or tweaked based on visitor feedback from last year? Was there any inspiration that was given to you either directly face-to-face -face or through the feedback channels that you can probably utilize now? Um, yeah, the feedback, I have to say, was, was very positive. And I think it was just um, asking us to, to really continue sort of pushing in the, in the same direction. And uh, the fact that it did look different from, from a lot of other shows. And people were, were really quite you know, excited about the, the look and feel of it. And the fact that it was very, it was very easy, it was very welcoming, and the, the, there was a lot of, of chat and networking going on. So I think that was, that was really key to it. And, uh, what are the registration numbers like at the moment by comparison to last year? Are we up or are we in the same sort of realm as a percentage? I would say we're seriously up on it because if I'm completely honest, this time last year we were probably at that stage going, oh my goodness, we have to try and get some people to come along to the show. <laughs> 
So we've been, we've been pushing it for a lot longer and there's a lot more people who have already signed up. Um, as I say, a lot more people know about it and we, and we have somebody here now who's dedicated to the marketing side of it. Last year, as you can probably appreciate it, as a first time show, there was, there was uh, a few people doing a huge number of jobs. Uh, mm -hmm. It's still quite a small team, but uh, we are in a very different space from, from this time last year, which is why we're very confident because, as I say, even on that basis last year, we had over a thousand signed up. So, you know, this is, this is very, um, making us feel really confident that we will reach our target, if not exceed it this year. Uh, event organizers inevitably always have one eye on the future already, even before this year's event has taken place. Uh, do you yourselves already have ideas for 2018 and, and even beyond as to where you might, what you might like to do size-wise, venue-wise? Is there a desire to perhaps move it around Scotland and showcase other areas? Yes, we have. I mean, that's certainly how we've we've looked at it. I think it will be very much dependent on the size and shape of the the event moving forward. Um, looking at space that you know is 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 right to to accommodate it, and uh, we have looked at various other sort of learning sites that maybe tagged on to it uh, going forward um, for uh, event professionals and working very much closely as I say now we're we are very much part of the the whole sort of network of um, public and private sector organizations and we're, we're working very closely with them to ensure that we drive the the event uh, in a direction that that fits the need of the those involved in it and if people uh, are listening or watching this particular episode and want to find out more about it, what channels have they got available to them to find out more about the show and to register to attend? Um, from the website, which is just eventit.org.uk, there is free registration on there. Uh, we have LinkedIn, Twitter, um, and Facebook. And we also then have the awards for anyone who's listening who's in Scotland or has run events in Scotland. We're very, still very keen to get um, a number of entries in for the awards. Okay, and again, all that information um, available on the Eventit website. Um, the yeah. Scottish Events Expo, or Scottish Events and Festivals Expo, Eventit 2017, is Thursday the 9th of March at the SECC. Glasgow. Uh, Judith Wilson, Events Director, thank you very much for joining the podcast today. Thank you very much for the opportunity. It's been very nice. Anybody watching this on one of our video feeds, don't forget that you can also hop over to iTunes and subscribe to uh, an audio-only version of the podcast. Uh, plenty more information available via eventindustrynews.co.uk. But for now, and for this particular episode of the Event Industry News podcast, my name is James Dixon. Thank you very much for watching. Mm -hmm.